eat your plants with a smile on your face because if you're resentful, angry, stressed, bitter, eating those plants instead of your fries, that's gonna be worse for you than eating those fries with a smile. Katie, Katie, let it out. everyone, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Katie Dalebow and I am your host of the Let It Out podcast. And you just heard from my friend Talia, who is the guest today on the podcast. And I'm so excited to get right into her interview because she's wonderful. So I'm going to keep this intro very, very short. I just want to make a couple announcements. If you haven't checked out my book, Let It Out, A Journey Through Journaling, it's a book about journaling. It's 55 journaling exercises. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard me talk all about it. So I will not bore you with that. But that book is sitting at your local bookstore waiting for you to have it if you haven't checked it out already. So go there and give some business to those brick and mortar bookstores like Barnes & Noble or whichever one is near you and check out the book. Or you can also go to Amazon. That works as well. You got that Amazon Prime. It'll be to you in just a quick second. You can basically blink and it's like at your door. So check out my book if you haven't and give me feedback on the book. I, w- I love seeing your pictures that everyone's tagging me in on Instagram of your bookshelves and you with your journal and your little setup reading the book and using the book. It's so fun to see all of that. So keep tagging me. Keep showing me. I love double tapping your photos. That's super fun. I feel like by my book as the surrogate, I get to be in all these really cool places and it's really, really great. So check out the book and leave a review on Amazon of the book if you have read it or you have feedback. That's a great way to do that. Or also in the Facebook listener of the podcast group that I have. It's called the Listener Squad. And if you want to join that, be part of that, the link is in the show notes. You can go to my website to get the show notes and join the group. That's a really great way to keep in touch with me and other people who listen to this show. And make sure you're signed up for my email list. When you sign up, you get my favorite things guide and you get all the updates from me. And and I write some personal things just to my email list that I don't really want to share out in the world, only to people who have signed up to hear from me. So that's that. And I just want to say I'm grateful for you guys who are listening right now who listen every week, who are new and listening now, thank you because I love hosting this podcast so much. I love getting to talk to really cool people, getting to meet really cool people, getting to share it with you guys and it's just been so much fun. Last weekend I recorded a live podcast episode which you'll hear soon in Toronto and it was just so great to meet people who listen to the podcast in person. I just love making IRL connections with people that I've gotten to connect with on the internet first. So thank you. Thank you for listening. If you find value in this podcast, it would be so cool if you could leave the podcast a big high five over on iTunes by giving us some stars. You don't even have to write anything. You can just throw some stars, subscribe. You can write something. You can send the podcast to a friend. You can even donate to the show, which since there's no sponsor this week, you know, donating to the show is is really, really helpful and helps me keep it going. You know, we have a producer and just it's so awesome when you want to help support the show so you can donate you can send it to a friend you can leave a review on itunes it's all so gosh darn helpful i love you guys thank you so much and i will talk to you at the end of this episode to let you know who is the guest on the show next week so talk to you soon back everyone i am so excited for today's guest talia of party in my plants is here and she is so amazing so funny so smart and just such a cool person and i'm so happy we're finally connecting talia it's been so long since um we originally connected and and now getting you on the podcast so thanks for being here oh thank you so much for having me Awesome. So let's zoom the lens back a bit and tell me about 
your story and your journey and how you got to where you are and starting your amazing website. And your website is so adorable, by the way. It's so Thanks. cute. I love Thank the way you. that it's designed. It's it's a party. It is. That's what I, yours is a wonderland. Mine is a party. <laughs> yes, exactly. So tell okay. us everything about you. Start from okay. the beginning. Well, I was born now. Um, so basically, the real story that you guys would be interested in started in high school when I was like a junior. I started having really, really, really bad stomach issues. And I don't know necessarily what caused it. I always had a more sensitive stomach than the average person. It might have been because my first job was at Cold Stone Creamery and all I was doing was eating gallons of ice cream every day. Oh, I love Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> I did too. And we used to sing when we got yeah. tips. I guess they don't do that anymore, but it oh, was they the don't? Best. That was the best part. It was the best part. I loved it. Um, and I loved the ice cream. But all of a sudden, I noticed that I couldn't eat the ice cream after like a year of working there. I became really lactose intolerant. And that now is so sorry. I have to interrupt you. That yeah. is so funny because one, my best friend, Laura, hi, she's probably listening. Hi. She also is lactose intolerant, can't eat cheese or dairy or anything and worked at Cold Stone Creamery. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in high school. No. Maybe How they're funny. the culprits. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so funny. funny. Yeah, it's they should like add that to their tagline. Really <laughs> good, fun ice cream. We sing with tips and we give our employees lactose intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so go on. Okay, so I that was the beginning into having some sort of food restriction. And I from then my digestive issues just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And I started college with all these struggles. And obviously it's really hard to be a college student in a new place, trying to meet new people, feeling really awful all the time. And so the digestive issues started going into mood issues like depression, things, anxiety, things. And it just was taking over my entire life. Um, fast forward to junior year of college where I studied, quote unquote, abroad in LA. <laughs> I went to school in Syracuse. So California was kind of like abroad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was there because I was studying television. I wanted to be a comedian. And I got an internship that um, abroad semester at Adam Sandler's production company. And I went out there to be this funny girl. And I ended up falling into this holistic world that was in LA that was not in Syracuse. I had no idea about any of this stuff. And I dove in so hardcore begging for the answers to my, all of my health problems that were like debilitating. And one day I was seeing this holistic like person. I don't even know what they were. They would like prescribe me supplements by like checking points on my body and feeling the energy. I don't I'd done everything. I mean, I literally I'd seen hypnotherapists, acupuncturists, nutritionists, naturopaths, gastroenterologists. I'd taken like every like poop test, blood test, you know, breath test, everything. And no one could figure out what was wrong with me. And one day I was wrapping up a session at this hippy dippy place. And I was like, Hey person, I'm really hungry. And she was like, you know, why don't you go across the street? They had this amazing coconut smoothie over there. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I go across the street and this, it's the rest, this restaurant is called Planet Raw. And I could feel, I mean, I could smell the incense just like pouring into the street. And I was just like, what am I going into? But I was like, I'm hungry. So I go in and like, no one's wearing shoes. This is like really hippy dippy. And I'm like, hey, like I'm here for the coconut smoothie. And they make it for me and give it to me. And it's all white and creamy. Obviously it was coconut, you know, coconut meat with water and the whole shebang. And I was like, oh no, 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 I can't eat it. It's dairy. Dairy makes me sick. And they're like, it's not dairy. This is a vegan restaurant. And I was like, what is vegan? Um, and they're like, promise me you can have it. So I'm like, fine, whatever. I'm like, whatever. You know, like everything makes me sick. So this won't be any exception. I'll just feel sick anyway. So I'm sitting on the bench drinking a smoothie, drinking that smoothie. And all of a sudden I don't feel sick. Like I finish it and I don't feel sick for the first time in over literally eight years. And I was like, what is this vegan thing? I need this. And overnight, I went from just a normal person that just didn't eat dairy to a raw vegan. And it was 
culture shock. You know, I had to dive. I could only eat at this restaurant for the first like few months of it because I had no idea what I was doing. I would sit at Barnes and Noble. This was before like blogs and stuff. I'd sit at Barnes and Noble, like writing down recipes from all the raw cookbooks and just learning everything I could. And then it was time for me to go back to Syracuse, which was freezing and where the culture was party, 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 party. And I had the hardest time blending my new lifestyle with my green juice and my dehydrator with a social life. And so I chose my health and thus my happiness completely went away. So I was living this perfectly healthy lifestyle where I felt great and I was drinking my green juice and I had loads of energy and my digestive issues had gone away, but I had lost all of my friends because I just took myself out of the social world. I deactivated from my sorority. I started taking online classes because I didn't even want to like co-mingle with my peers in the classroom. I was so insecure about the way I was eating. And it was a very weird time. I mean, weird is an understatement. It was a very depressing time because I was like, wow, I have to choose between my health and happiness. Then I graduate college. And I was going to be a comedian, was going to move to L.A. and make it all happen. And I had broken up with the guy I was going to move to L.A. with. So I was, like, too afraid to go by myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with my other passion, health and nutrition. I'm going to roll in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and go to the Natural Gourmet Institute, you know, the health plant-based culinary school. So I did all that, loving it. But I missed the comedy part of me. So I started doing stand-up, started doing improv in New York City. And I would tell my jokes about being a vegan, da, 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 da. And they were, the people in the audience were like, I have no idea what a vegan is. I can't laugh at your joke. I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't funny for me. This is, you know, like I, I can smile because you're like, you're giggling, but this isn't, I can't relate. Long story short, after struggling between the two worlds, you know, taking a job at a juice bar and then taking a job at David Letterman and like just going one foot in and one foot out of each world, f- I finally realized why not combine them? That's how Party My Plants was born. Very long story to get there. Um, it's a, my way of combining my passion for comedy with my passion for healthy eating. Oh, I love that so much because I, I think you know this, but I'm a huge fan of comedy and obviously healthy stuff. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like you were really spiraling into an orthorexic period where you were putting your health and your food above your relationships and your school and your life and didn't really know how to cope there. And I think that that's really common, especially for um, people in college, because in high school or when you're still living at home, when you're younger, it's a little bit more difficult to, it happens, of course, and there's eating disorders when, when you're they're younger. But I think, um, the orthorexia piece can kind of come later when the person is really, and I speak this from experience and and Mm -hmm. you as well, you're really in control of your life in a way that you haven't been before. Um, And so anyways, it's just really interesting to hear that shift and that you were able to shift out of that by noticing you know, this isn't okay, I need this other thing in my life, which for you is comedy, and get getting back into entertainment and this other thing that you were passionate about, and then eventually being able to merge the two, which gave you a healthier relationship with food and, and, and eating normally. Is that kind of what your experience was? That's 100% the experience. And, you know, when this was all happening, I had never heard of orthorexia. You know, that I mean, that's pretty much a new thing. Very, uh, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know what that was. I just thought, you know, well, I mean, raw foodism in its own way is a sense of, you know, it's a very extreme. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, once I went back it's to diet, students, I mean, yeah, I'm but it's all lifestyle. Like I would, you know, it consumes your entire life. You have to run right. home to your dehydrator. You can't yeah. leave your juicer, you know. <laughs> it's extreme. You have to soak and sprout and um, it consumes you. And so at the time, I think I was clinging so desperately to this diet because it was the only thing that made me feel good yeah. until, you know, the point, the part I left out was that the stress over the diet, guess what? It started hurting my stomach again. And so a lot of the stomach issues that I had resolved with the diet started coming back because of the extreme level of stress I was now putting on my life. Mm, That's so interesting and so good for people to hear. Mm -hmm. So good for people to hear. So when you started um, your website and your work, 
Did you start making videos right away or when did the video piece come in? I'd say it was about like a year into it. Um, I first was just like gonna write blogs and try to make them humorous with the overall goal of one day being a public speaker where I could go and literally combine my stand-up with, you know, motivation and education. And I think I started watching, as ridiculous as this sounds, those like really popular like Bethany Moda and like those people videos that are like these little, the, the tween people that like are just amazing at making like killer videos in their bedrooms. You know, they make millions and millions of followers. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I have a degree in this. If she can do this, you know, 16 in her bedroom, like I sure can do this. And so I, I use that as motivation, as silly as it sounds. I've never said that out loud um, to start making videos. That's amazing. You're so <laughs> you're so great on, on videos. So I'm, I'm so glad that you do. And then, you know, how has your speaking been since you've started to do that dream and combine the stand up and the the food and the education piece that that you were talking about because I think it's really interesting you know going back to what you were saying before about desperately wanting to combine the two passions but finding that when you were you know making jokes at you know clubs or whatever when you were doing stand-up in New York people weren't resonating with the information whereas I think if you're speaking to your choir you're speaking to people you know like on this podcast who get a joke about, you know, sprouting your nuts, you know, or something <laughs> like that, right? Whereas, like, the average Joe would be like, pardon, you know, or not the average, but now, and I guess now, you know, with health being so trendy, there's there's much, there's much a much bigger audience for this stuff, and we can kind of joke about this stuff, but it's really, it's really awesome that you were able to do that, and I think we need a lightness with all of this because it can all be so heavy and stressful, and we need to kind of make fun of the fact, like, Oh, you ate something that you didn't you you don't usually eat. Oh well, no problem. It's okay. You're not wrong. Let's just laugh about it and laugh about how crazy we are. Like I could do so many jokes about the crazy shit that I did when I was super crazy and orthorexic, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. as serious as it is and as like it taxing as it is mentally, it's so funny if we just allow ourselves to be like, oh my God, I was so crazy then, you know? A hundred percent. And so anyways, how, how does, so how does that kind of come into your, your standup or your, you know, your speaking now? How does, how do you bring the two together? Well, what's been so great about speaking is the first time I did it for a really, you know, big college audience was I didn't know what to expect. You know, I'd practiced this thing in my mind for a really long time and I had this vision of how it would go. And I got more genuine laughs than I ever got in a stand-up club where, you know, people are expected to laugh. You know, they're trained to laugh in a stand-up club. Like, that's why they're there. And it was literally the best feeling in the world to be able to tell jokes about, you know, poop tests, you know, to check about for IBS or whatever to an audience that, like, got it and could relate. And it's just such an uplifting experience to be able to laugh at yourself and at things that you're embarrassed about or experiences that you've had. And it's been such a blessing to find a way to not like handpick my audience, but put myself, like you were saying, in front of people that can relate. And additionally, people, you know, there's a whole other set of people that maybe they can't really relate because they've never like been extreme or they don't eat that clean right now, but to explain to people in a humorous way that, you know, it's not an all or nothing thing, you know, like it's okay. Like if you had a burger, if it's okay, if you had some pizza, like, you know, and tell it in a humorous way to relax them and ease them into the process of healthy eating is the other amazing aspect of being able to speak to people because maybe they can't share the same experience, but I take with humor, a lot of the pressure off and they ease into it. And they, you know, I've had people after talks be like, wow, like I didn't realize it was so easy. Like it's really not that hard. Like just like, you know, make overnight oats instead of like get waffles in the dining hall. Like, wow. Okay. I got it. Yeah. And you know, if you do get the waffles, you're not wrong or bad or there's no morality attached to it. And I think it can, the world can be so 
isolating. And I know that was that was what I thought, you know, when I wanted to get into healthy eating and living and, and holistic uh, living a holistic lifestyle, I thought that I had to, like it was this exclusive club that I could only have access to if I was a certain size and weight and if I really did it every single day and I, you know, never, ever, ever faltered on this perfect way of being. And that got, that was not sustainable and not healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I felt like I, I remember this this one instance in particular where there's this raw vegan place um, that like I still go to and it's great. But I remember thinking like I'm not allowed to be here unless I am like thin enough and not even necessarily with my body, but with um, that was part of it because of where I was mentally at the time. And then also like I'm not allowed to be here unless I eat this way perfectly all the time. Like what am I doing, you know, mm-hmm. getting this type of food if it's not what I'm eating every single day. And I remember like as crazy as it sounds talking to the the person who is taking my order and like thinking they said, oh, do you eat raw, you know, all the time or something? And I was like, thinking so hard like well I do about 95% of the time but like I had some steamed vegetables yesterday and like like I was so embarrassed of that and I I don't know I just didn't be like sure or like whatever like who cares no you know but Mm -hmm. I just was like so in my head about it and to have you out there and, and other voices like this who make it welcoming and make it really easy because I think it can be like religion where it's very isolating and it's very it could be almost cult-like and Mm -hmm. and people feel excluded and and that's like my biggest goal with what I do with my blog is to make in the podcast is to be super inclusive and I don't want anyone to feel like they are excluded from what we're talking about or they don't feel like they're a part of it because it doesn't exist without the people listening. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful for that part of your work in particular, that it's so community-based. Oh, thank you so much. I'm thankful for your work as well. Yeah. So being such a, a public figure and, and speaking and being on video, um, your image is something that is out there and is really part of your brand. And also talking about food and again something so connected to body image has body image been a struggle for you did you connect when you were first you know changing over the way that you were eating did you connect that to changing or manipulating your weight through through your food choices or was it all about the physical healing of of your body did you ever struggle with body image I've never considered myself struggling with body image, but the more that I've listened to your podcast, the more I just, I don't think I connected that word to me, but it's clear. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've di- I dieted all growing up. You know, I, I remember being like, I don't know, like in sixth grade do- or seventh grade doing like a all cranberry juice cleanse. Oh, and like, I was hardcore, like South Beach diet. And, you know, I did all that stuff. Um, and then when I went to college, and I started getting really, really sick, my weight just went really, really up. And once I went raw vegan, it just, uh, but at the point when it was up, I like, was so sick that I couldn't even really worry about it. I, I mean, I was where I was not happy with how I looked, right. but I couldn't even put that on the forefront because I was so sick every second of every day. And then once I went raw vegan, it just like flew off. Mm. And then, you know, it's, it, it, some of it came back on when I stopped being raw vegan and a lot of stress, I guess the bottom line is I don't feel that I struggle so much other than Unless, unless maybe I do and you can, you know, diagnose me here. But I mean, I always am trying to, you know, look my best and look more toned and look, you know, cut fat, but I don't do it in any at all unhealthy way at this point. You know, I think I've gone through periods of, you know, emotionally, like maybe eating, like binge eating types of things when I was emotional and struggling with anxiety in the past. But at this current moment, 
I'm just like, you know what? Like, keep working out, girl. Like, keep eating clean and like, you know, you got this. Yeah, and it sounds to me like you're you're in a healthy spot with it where you're not judging yourself if you do, you know, if you skip a day of working out or you, you know, eat something you don't normally eat or, you know, you're not your morality isn't attached to it. I think that's the deciding factor for people listening is like I think it's a problem when you, you know, it's totally cool to eat a certain way normally because that's what makes you feel good and that's just what you do and that's what you crave and you're listening to your body and that's fine but you know when you're out with friends and there's not you know the normal food available or you're with family and you you know whatever eat more than you wanted to eat or you know didn't eat what you the exact type of food that you normally eat or you missed a workout whatever your morality isn't attached to it you don't think that you're wrong you're not shaming yourself for it. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a great explanation. I'm I'm learning something here and thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think what I tell my clients when I work with people and this is what I really really use in my life is I look at food and how it makes me feel. So I I always tell my clients and just anyone I come across who will listen to me, you know, choose your food based on the way you want to feel. So just like you would, you know, put on a shirt and you know, to match a certain pair of pants pick your food to match the way that you want to feel. And I guess that's really my guiding, you know, message that I just go through my life with. So, you know, when I'm out with friends and they're eating unhealthy foods, I'm not even at this point, not even tempted or sitting there pissed off. Like I I had in the past been like that when I was that raw vegan, you know, extreme person where I would like, A, I'd be judging them like, oh, and then I'd be judging them in the sense of like, oh, how could they put crap in their body? And then B, be judging them in the sense of like, be judging kind of myself or like, they must not care about themselves as much as I do. Like, look at me, like I'm the best. And then all that, you know, those stories. But now I'm just like, okay, if if they want to, you know, eat that and it, it makes them feel a certain way, but they're okay being like stuck to their couch tomorrow, like that's their choice. But I want to feel energized tomorrow and wake up, feel great. So I'm going to choose to eat this. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it doesn't affect them in that way. Maybe they totally they can eat it and it's fine and they move on with their life, you know, and totally. it's not a big deal. So I think that's, that's kind of a distinction. And, and also too, you know, just knowing that, you know, everyone is different and, that was a huge thing for me when I really was in that place of of raw vegan and really dogmatic about it. I was constantly judging other people's plates. I was constantly Mm -hmm. sizing people up for what they eat and what their food combinations are and what, you know, all of it. And it was just such an awful, awful way to be mentally. And I'm such a nicer gentler person now to myself and to others because that judgment I was putting out there to other people was was really coming right back at me because whatever we put out there is just like a boomerang coming back at us so that to be gentler on yourself helps you to be a less judgmental person to to everyone else and I think that's that's great and when it comes to raw veganism I think you know there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to it you know in the sense of yeah, eating lots of raw fruits and vegetables are really good for you. Like that, there's nothing wrong with it. Like that's great. I just had a kale chip like two seconds before we were doing this. And it's great. I eat a lot of those foods all the time. I love them. But I think having to live in that lifestyle isn't necessary unless, you know, maybe for a case of you're healing something like cancer or if you're you know, really struggling with, you know, a health condition where it can be good for a period of time. But I think even then it becomes, I don't even know if that's great because that mental aspect of it is stressful and stress is worse for your body than any food you could possibly eat. So Amen. <laughs> I don't even know if, um, if, if that really, really is what, helps. I mean, I know it helps and I know drinking juice is awesome and amazing, but I think if people could look at this not as a diet and more of like, I'm going to add in more 
juices and smoothies and raw fruits and vegetables to all the normal stuff I'm eating. You know, it's that, you know, it's that normal like crowding out method, right? Where it's adding addition by subtraction, right? It's, Mm -hmm. you know, or subtraction by addition. But don't even worry about any subtraction at all and just add in more, more good foods to your diet. If that makes you feel good, that's great. And then, you know, whatever about the rest of it. I think that's really where it can be healthy for both your body and your mind. That's the only way to do it is to not create a diet out of it. You literally just summed up my mission statement for my point, my way of being. That is, you just summed it up. I always just say, I don't care if you eat T-bone steak or if you eat tofu, just eat more plants. That's all that matters. And Eat your plants with a smile on your face because if you're resentful, angry, stressed, bitter, eating those plants instead of your fries, that's going to be worse for you than eating those fries with a smile. Yes. That's exactly what that's, you just summed it up. (laughs) I was doing another podcast this morning um, with Emily Nolan. I don't know if this one's going to air before or after, but she was saying that she has a friend who cooks, she might be like a raw vegan chef as well, actually, but she cooks for like the Dalai Lama and I don't know. I didn't even I don't even remember what her name was, but she has this thing where she was saying like the energetics of food are so important. The the way that you feel about the food. If you eat, you know, french fries and say, you know, these are amazing, it's going to make me feel really great, you they probably will. And it's not going to be a big deal, but if you are eating a salad and you're not saying that, it might also make you sick. Like and and to be fair, like I have gotten sick after eating really amazing food and I don't feel great like healthy food and I don't feel great after it and you know non-healthy food you know so sometimes it just depends on physiology of like how my body is that day and what's going on and it's we can't the bottom line here is that like we can't control we want to control everything and I think you know going into these diets especially raw veganism it's like this is so for health and it's so for healing and it's it's kind of a way to control your mortality in a weird way you know it's a way to be like I I remember I had this moment where I was I'll never forget this I was on my way to my yoga teacher training and I had this cup of I would drink chlorophyll in water every night and it was this like really dark green cup um (laughs) obviously from the chlorophyll Mm -hmm. and it was stained and it was just what I did every night and I remember thinking like this is this is blood this is like going to help my blood and I remember thinking like oh if I would I just want to like all I wanted to do like all I wanted this is like this will be in my my stand-up routine someday (laughs) but this is I remember thinking like my I just wanted what I wanted to do for fun was like test my body like I wanted I wanted those pH strips I remember asking my boyfriend for those pH strips where you can (laughs) test your like Mm -hmm. the pH levels how alkaline you are I want asked for those for my birthday no like I want that's Uh-oh. literally what I asked for, for my birthday yeah and <laughs> pee strips strips of pee on to see how alkaline your body is and I remember thinking like having that um that um chlorella at, or chlorophyll at night I remember thinking like damn I cannot wait to get a blood test right now like I my blood I'm gonna be like so healthy right now and it wasn't it was for me it was more like that's a cool side effect of being able to be this skinny because, like, that was what I really wanted even though I didn't admit it to myself then. But I remember thinking that. And then, of course, when I did go end up at the doctor, it was for a very different reason. And I was, like, the least healthy I'd ever been because I was so underweight, you know. But I, I remember having that thought. So it's just – it's really interesting how, you know, maybe I don't need to drink chlorella every night or chlorella. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe I can just, like – enjoy life a little bit and I think that's that's really important too and this is something that your work does so beautifully is it helps people it's not about just eating you know raw plants all day it's about really making them delicious and beautiful and so incredibly yummy and fun and that's that's what I love about about what you do you you're so creative with it so what are some of the favorite things that you've made and, and created? And is has cooking always been a passion for you? Or did you really get into it when you went to culinary school? The way my – I don't – I mean, I grew up always making food with my mom. I was always into baking. That was my jam growing up. I loved baking. I mean, I wasn't like I, – I mean, even if it was just making stuff out of a box. Like I was – 
a killer box baker. <laughs> and um, so when I went raw vegan, just for the record, I am not raw. I'm not even vegan anymore. So, I mean, I, I encourage plants out the wazoo, but I will. I eat mostly plants, um, a little bit of fish, just for the record. No, no raw vegan up in this place anymore. But um, so when I went raw vegan, though, I didn't know anything about making food other than, you know, like I said, kind of baking. And I had to teach myself a lot of it. But at the same time, I was dating a guy that was ironically a cook. How convenient for me. Um, and so we we lived together my senior year of college. And he would just cook me all my, my vegan food. And it was the best thing in the entire world. I would just go, you know, gather all the groceries, like put slap down the recipe and like set the table. And it was the best thing ever. That's amazing. But then we broke up. <laughs> and so I didn't know how to make my vegan food that I'd been eating for the past year. And that really, I mean, that breakup was a pivotal moment in my life. It was, I, like I said, I was going to move to California and then didn't. Um, but instead I chose, you know, to go to culinary school. And it was pretty much because I had such a passion for my food, but I didn't feel that I was equipped to make it the proper way. And I thought it would just be a blast and an amazing experience, which it was. That's so interesting. I think this is this is fascinating because this is something I often talk about with my friend Christy Harrison. And you might um, listen, do you listen to her podcast too, Talia? I don't. What um, is it? She hosts the Food Psych podcast. She's been on my show um, before a couple episodes ago, and she she's actually going to be coming on it again. But anyways, um, we often talk about this concept of like she in her eating disorder phase she went to nutrition school and at well before that she actually got into um like foodie culture and worked at gourmet magazine and then ended up you know becoming a nutritionist and a dietitian and and now does the work that she does now and and for me you know my my entire career ended up shifting during that because i you being in college, your senior year of college, and myself, you know, I think when our careers are kind of, when we're young and our careers are in this malleable place, that they're, you know, really flexible to change to based on whatever we're really into at that moment in time, which for you was food and health and wellness, um, then our whole career trajectory changes based upon that. And, and that was definitely the case for me, you know, like if I, I was going to school to do something completely different and then I was really into health and wellness at the time and so then here I am now talking to you, you know, that yeah. probably wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been in that. So, And that's really common for a lot of people who have, you know, eating disorders or, or food issues when they are young or at the end of college, their careers and they end up becoming like some a career in food or a career – in you know fitness or you know food blogger or something like that which has been kind of a through line of a lot of the people who christy's had on her show food psych um and a lot of you know the people i know who are health coaches or nutritionists or or something like this so it's, it's really interesting how, how that can happen and it all happens for a reason i i believe and i think it's great but it's just kind of fascinating it's so fascinating i mean i feel like every single person that's in this world and at least everyone that you've interviewed that I've listened to I mean everyone has the story that they were personally affected by food in some way yeah. you know with their health or with an addiction or with their weight or whatever it is and you know and we go into it and that's it's great because we bring such a level of passion like deep deep passion to what we do and I think it's just a really really cool thing yeah, that's that's a really great point. Like, I do not know one health coach or nutritionist who was just like, yeah, I thought it would be fun to help other people with this, but I never struggled with it at all. I have no idea what it's like at all. Yeah. I just have a totally normal relationship with food and my body <laughs> and my weight and health. Like, but I think it'd be fun to help other people. Like, yeah. no one has ever said that. I'm <laughs> no. sure there may be. I don't even, th I really don't even think that. I can't imagine it. No, I can't. because I think it's something that you have to experience for yourself. I think it's something that, you know, or the best coaches and teachers and healers are people who have been through it and and can relate because then they can help people better to be like okay and I know for me like whenever I'm mentoring someone you know and they ask me a question that maybe I'm not um 
in the thick of what they're asking about now, but I can put myself in the shoes of what it was like when I was and talk to them from that place of like, this is what I would need to hear. This is how I would need it said then, because that is how it can actually be heard and then therefore heal and help and change. A hundred percent. And I think it gives the people that you're speaking to a bigger sense of comfort because it's not just like you're telling them, this is what you should do. Like this is what the book says, just do it. You're like, I went through this. This was what helped me. And I assume and hope and pray that it'll also help you too. And I think even just giving that energy to somebody when you're giving them a suggestion, they're already like, on the pro side. They're already like, you know, this is going to work. And just that boost in confidence is going to make it more likely to help them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 10,000%. Yeah. So what is your favorite um, recipe or video that you've ever made? I recently made one for just my daily green smoothie. And I wanted to figure out a really fun way to describe that. And And I was just, I sit down and I actually write scripts before I film my videos. And I was like, I love using metaphors. I think they're one of the best things you can do in comedy, you know, likening something to another thing. I just think they're so fun. And I was trying to figure out like what a green smoothie would be, you know, related to like what metaphor could I make? And I, what? No, (laughs) I decided to make it that a green smoothie is like your, is like first base. You know, it's like your first kiss and into the world of healthy eating, you know, like it's the first step that you take. And I decided to go on the camera and just tell, you know, really just allude to this first base concept, tell like my, you know, home run, quote unquote, all the way story and just really be so open and honest. And when I was recording it, my boyfriend and I both actually work at home. He sometimes leaves to go to an office space, but a lot of the times he's home and he was listening to what I was doing. And he's like, you're not like, that's not happening, right? Like, this is not you're not talking about, you know, sex and green juice on the camera right now. And I was like, Oh, like, is that bad? And he's like, uh, and it turns out to be one of the most liked videos I ever did. Oh I just gosh, went I'm with gonna it. Watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, right. it's, I, think, I don't think I've seen that one. It's um, it was really fun. And it just really is what means the most to me to be able to combine that level of authenticity and humor with one of the, my most, you know, I don't go a day without a green smoothie. So it was just the perfect thing ever. I watched your pancake one, <laughs> protein pancakes, and it looks so good. I want to eat those like right now. They sound delicious. They're a daily staple as well. Oh my gosh. They Love sound them. so good. So what was the best thing that you've eaten in the last week? It's got to be Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, yeah. I put five hours into that thing. Did so you cook that... Thanksgiving dinner? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. We had um, my intimate family, and then my family came in from Pittsburgh who do not eat healthfully whatsoever. But I was like, hey, you know, you're coming to uh, Casa de la Party, my plants. So you got to gotta be ready. My mom made a turkey. But other than that, you know, everything was all plants. That's amazing. That's so good. It's fun. So what is your favorite part of your life right now? Hmm. I think it's a lot of what I've been speaking about, the ability to really live my authentic truth where I'm able to combine all of my passions and all of me into something. It's just an incredible feeling. Mm, That's amazing. What's the biggest goal you're working towards right now? I mean, the dream, and I'll just put this out there because why the hell not? The dream is a talk show, you know, that like a real legit talk show. You know, I always say I want to be a straight Ellen DeGeneres meets a healthy Rachel Ray. Mm. That is the dream. And so any little steps, you know, I mean, that's, that's the big amazing. dream. amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for your show and to be on it. And oh my gosh, that sounds... <laughs> so amazing. I would love that show. I watch it every single day. Well, or maybe we can make one kind of like The Chew. Have you seen that show before? Yeah. Where there's like, I don't know, more than one you hosting. Yeah, sure. That we can share be, the stage. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, that is so cool. 
What is something that you're struggling with right now that, that you're willing to share vulnerably? What am I struggling a lot? I would say balancing as cliche as that is. I find it very hard being self-employed to balance creativity and time and, you know, energy and eating. I mean, I can't tell you how many, I, I really, I like skip lunch almost every day. Cause it's just like, I'm working right through it. So I just need so much more balance in my life. Someone please <laughs> send someone over. <laughs> yeah, that that's tough. I think balance is kind of a myth. And I think our life kind of goes into these like ebbs and flows of sometimes, you know, work has more of our attention than other stuff. And sometimes it's health and work doesn't get as much attention or it's family or it's something else. And you know, I think it it's kind of a constant, you know, struggle for balance. And I think that's just kind of how life is, you know? Yeah, seems to be the case. Yeah, yeah. So you know, because you listen to the show, what I'm going to ask. But um, I love to ask about morning routines. So what does your morning look like? What are maybe the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning? I am proud that I actually have a legit morning routine. So I'm very prepared for this question. I mean, it's nothing luxurious, but so I wake up uh, usually on my own. I never really set an alarm, usually around 7-ish, 7.30 maybe. And I will mosey into my kitchen, grab my shaker cup, dump in some water, some apple cider vinegar and some greens powder, which has some matcha and yerba mate in it. A little splash of stevia and I shake it up. Then I fly upstairs to my little loft space where my office is, and I do a meditation, a visualization. Then I hop on my computer and drink my shaker cup of goodness, and I do – I probably bang out emails in that hour the most. I mean, if I don't have emails that are pressing or really, you know, that I need to attend to, then I'll usually do my most creative thing that I have to do that day. Awesome. That's so good. Yeah, I do the the most creative thing first. That's – the that's key for me I think I have the most energy in the morning I'm the most creative in the morning and I think they call it eating the frog or doing the like most important task first Uh uh-huh Brian Tracy yeah that frog yeah I really like that um so what does your evening routine look like what are the last few things you do um before you go to sleep at night that one's a little less consistent but I would say I do this more times than not where I, you know, I wash up with my Lush products. I love, shout out to Lush Toothy Tabs, my favorite toothpaste in the world. Um, I'll do that. I usually drink some of that magnesium, you know, natural Mm -hmm. calm that you put in warm water, which is just so soothing. And then I'll- too much. It gives you the shits. (laughs) That is true. You got to find that balance. And that's about listening to your body too, because- I can, you know, sometimes look at the amount and be like, you know what, that would be too much for me right now. And just based on, you know, experience. And then I'll crawl into bed. My boyfriend will, he stays up. It's perfect because he's um, up late at night and I wake up early in the morning. And so we kind of get our our independence considering we like work at home and are at home all day together. We kind of get our independence in the morning and night. So I'll go into bed and turn on soft lighting and read a book. And right now I'm reading this amazing book by Judd Apatow where he interviews all the comedians. Oh my gosh, I need to read that. What's it called? What is it called? I will have to get back to you. It's called like In My Head or something in my head, my crazy head. Oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to read that next. It's huge, but it's just like he's interviewing all the comedians. Right now I'm on Jimmy Fallon. I just finished up Seinfeld, who's my favorite comedian of all time. So it's really inspiring and fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. That sounds amazing. In my head, crazy in my head. I don't know, something like that. Well, I'll find out. It's pretty easy to find out. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, All right, so let's do some quick fire questions. What's your favorite day of the week? Thursday. Favorite color? Green. Favorite hour of the day? 8 a.m. Favorite yoga pose? Tree. What's one food that you could eat every day and not get sick of it? Kale, as cliche as that is. Favorite snack? Dates with nut butter. Ooh, yum. Let's go back to kale for a moment. What's your favorite way to eat kale if you had to oh, choose? Oh, man, two. I'm going to give you two because I can't choose. Either a massaged little kale salad, you know, some lemon, olive oil, some salt. Oh, so good. Or in a green smoothie with, you know, banana, almond milk, probably a little protein powder, cinnamon, 
Yeah. The best. Both sound very good. Yes. Um, okay. What is a weird pet peeve of yours or like something weird about yourself that not a lot of people know maybe? I don't know if this is weird, but I like can't handle when people chew loudly near me. Oh, I hate that too. Especially weirdly, like when I'm eating as well, it doesn't bother me as much. Mm. But if I'm not eating and people are eating around me and they're loudly chewing, that grosses me out. Yeah. And oh, I have sound... a weirder one. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. I have a weirder thing because that's not that weird. Mm-hmm. That's common. My weirder thing is that I don't like listening to new music all the time. Like I, it's very hard for me to learn new songs. So when I'm running, it's all just songs I've heard a hundred million times. I'm not good at introducing new music into my life. Oh, that, is, that is weird. And I, <laughs> I kind of, I understand that. Like, I don't mind listening to it, but like, I prefer listening to things I've heard a bunch of times and I, I'll start to like something more once I've heard it a bunch of mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's this weird thing. Yeah, I'm kind of like that way with movies, too. Like, I prefer watching movies that I know that I like again and again, even though I'm re-watching stuff. Because if I'm going to invest, you know, two, two and a half hours of my time, I want to know it's a good investment. I don't want to take a gamble on something I haven't watched, which is so silly. 100%. No, I'm on the same page. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, what's your favorite thing about yourself? Oh, I think my humility, my ability to be really, really, really authentic and tell my truth and use it as a means of helping other people feel better and less alone about themselves. Mm. Yes. So good. What are you most excited about? Um, the possibility of just really connecting with and inspiring new people every time, you know, new people. I, I was in the, a store the other day. when I was home for Thanksgiving and I had a woman come up to me and just say, she makes my granola recipe. That was the best thing in the entire world. I was just in the shoe department. So that excites me more and more of those experiences. That's so amazing. What's the best advice you've ever received? I don't know if it's, I mean, this could count as advice, but I have on my desk and you're going to love this. It's a Gabby thing. Um, I her her saying that's like those who are certain about the outcome can afford to without anxiety. That just I just got the chills. Every every time I hear that, I just blow up. It just connects with me and I can't get enough of that. Yeah. Here, I'll say the quote for everyone. Those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. Amen. So good. Yeah. Um, All right. So this is a fun one. You are having a dinner party and you can invite five people. What would you make? Who would you invite? And what do you hope someone will turn and ask you? And what do you hope that someone just doesn't ask you that you don't feel like talking about? Oh, my goodness. I was not prepared for this one. Let's see. (laughs) So what would I make? I would probably make a massaged kale salad and something with sweet potatoes because I'm freaking in love with sweet potatoes. I have one in the oven as oh, we speak. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. And, you know, who doesn't love sweet potatoes? You know, health food lovers and non-health food lovers alike can love sweet potatoes. They're amazing. Something sweet potato-y. And then dessert, I'd need something like chocolatey, peanut buttery, maybe brownies, black mm-hmm. bean brownies or something. Um, who would I want there? Yeah, I don't even know. Like... I mean, for some reason, Marie Forleo popped into my mind. I love Marie Forleo. She's amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. So I'm going with that. And then I need my boyfriend there just so I didn't have to tell him about everything that happened later. Yeah. He'd just have to be there to experience it. I think I would throw in, I don't know, uh, probably Jerry Seinfeld because that'd be my only time to really get to meet him. Um. This is a great party. I know, but now I'm stuck. I'm happy to come. (laughs) Okay, you can come too. You come. And then who should we bring? Another comedian. Oh, uh, let's bring Ellen. Oh, of course. We've got to have Ellen. Yeah, and Rachel Ray maybe. That'd be a dream. Yeah, and Chris Carr. Let's throw Chris Carr. Yeah, Gabby. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, let's bring them all. Let's Um, combine. Okay, so what do you hope that people will ask you at the party? And what do you hope that you don't have to talk about? I hope they ask me. So when can I uh, produce your show for you? Yeah. <laughs> and I hope they don't ask me, you know, if I clean 
my apartment and keep it clean because yeah. I don't. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, what was the time that you've laughed the hardest? That you can remember. Like ever? Okay. Well, a week ago when I was home for Thanksgiving, my mom, I don't know, randomly my mom ran to like ran down the driveway to get something. And I'd literally never seen her run in my entire life other than like playing tennis, just like, you know, dodging around. And we almost just peed ourselves. It was just the cutest, most hilarious experience that was, it was just to die for. And then before that, we went to a comedy slash magic show that was fantastic. So those are the two most hilarious experiences of the past, you know, near past. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Okay. So now I need you to recommend some things. So first recommend something in movies. So it can be like a favorite movie or movie you saw recently that you liked, a song that you really love. I was going to say recently, or it could be a new song or an old song, but I know it's (laughs) an old song for you. A TV show that you really loved, a book, you already mentioned a book, but any book, um, and then a food or a recipe that you want to recommend to people. Okay. So my favorite song of all time is Sexual Healing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I love that song too, actually. Have you heard the Ben Harper version? Yes. I've probably heard every version in the entire I love the Ben Harper version. So good. I used to be obsessed with that version in high school. I would listen to it like on repeat. I don't know why it was like I don't I I, just so good. It's a great, great song. Um, my favorite show of all time is Friends. It's pretty much the only thing I ever have on the TV. I just have it on in the background because they're my friends. So we just hang out every day. I would bring them to our dinner party too. Oh my God. Jennifer, bring Jennifer Anderson, bring Monica. They all can come. Yeah. Chandler, the whole gang. Oh, the whole gang. Ross. (laughs) Ross. Ross trauma. Okay. Um, favorite movie. I don't, the one that just comes up off the top of my head is Anchorman, which is so random. But coincidentally, that's where Party in My Pants was said, where I pull my blog. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sticking with Anchorman. Nice. It's a Party in My Pants, and you're invited. I love it. What about um, book? That has to be Gabby's book, Add More Ink to Your Life. That book changed my life, and it's, it, you know, she speaks about books falling off the shelves and stuff. This book haunted me for years. Ironic. So Gabby went to Syracuse as well. Yeah. She graduated a few years before me, and she had written this book, and I was the editor of the lifestyle section of the school paper, and the book was shipped into the office to some for someone to write a review about, and I was like, I picked it up, and I'm like, like what is this, like this angel thing, like, I'm not reading this, uh, you write the review, and then, you know, a few months later, it, there was like a whole display of it in our school bookstore, and this book was just haunting me, and so when I went a year later through that terrible breakup, that was the first book that popped into my mind. I literally was like, I need that angel weirdo book. And it completely changed my life. And I am so grateful to that book. Oh, that's so amazing. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It changed my life as well. I, I love that book and that author so much, yeah. obviously. Really? You do? Yeah. Who is that? No. Oh, who, who is that book? Oh. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. <laughs> Um, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. And tell everyone where they can find you before I ask my final question. Party in my plants everywhere on the social media, the Instagram, the YouTube, Party in My Plants, the website.com. The website's adorable. She Thank is you. so it's so good. I really love how it looks. Thank you. It's so amazing. Um, all right, so as you know, the name of this podcast, the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. So when I offer that term to you, Talia, to live in a wellness wonderland, what comes up? What does that mean to you? I see a really like a carnival with like healthy cotton candy and like, mm. you know, like crap free popcorn and just like healthy stuff lying around balloons and just a really, 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 really happy, positive environment where everyone's their glowing, healthiest selves and their happiest, authentic selves. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) We should, that should be like an event that I throw. With bouncy houses. Do you know how to make healthy cotton candy? I don't even know how we no, would No, I don't that. even know how you make at all cotton candy. I know. I think you need like a special machine, but I have no idea what's actually in it other than sugar. sugar. That is the one ingredient I know. Yeah, I, know. I think that's it. Sugar and like corn syrup and like food dye. Yeah. Would be my guess. 
Yeah, it is the, the, we have to just admit, like, it is the coolest looking food that there is. It is. We got to figure out, like, how to, how to healthify that. Can you go on a mission? I will try. That would be amazing. (laughs) It would be super amazing. Thank you so much. This was a blast. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much. All right, there you have it. That was Talia of Party in My Plants. And what a fun, cool episode. What a fun, cool person. I really, really love her. She's fantastic. So keep in touch with her. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram and check out her videos. She's really, really cool. And same place, same time, next week, Wednesday, new podcast episode will air. And the guest next week, drumroll, Gala Darling. If you know Gala Darling, you're already excited. If you don't, get excited because she is awesome. I will talk to you guys then. In the meantime, check out the podcast on iTunes. Maybe leave it a review. Join the Facebook group. Check out my book. You guys know what to do. I already said that in the intro. I love you. I will talk to you super soon.